0: Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. So if you looked at the so. title of this episode, you already kind of know what's happening, which is... <laughs> Tits out <alpha> for freedom, mind <laughs> Yeah, we're trying to be really gentle with ourselves. And yes. we had a moment yesterday where I messaged you and was like, I don't think we can do this. Week. <laughs> yes, which we've never ever done that before. We've never I know in a whole a year of
1: podcasts, we have been a weekly mm. podcast. yeah, I don't
0: think we've missed anything. We've so. never missed any, and we even at the very beginning, we were doing like three per week. Yeah, exactly. I, she says to make herself feel better about this. But anyway, <laughs> so Esther responded with like, oh, I was just gonna float to you that maybe we just release an episode from Patreon. Yes. And like I was like, episode. I love you forever. You're the best. <laughs> Thank you so much.
1: Yes. Well, this <laughs> this week is kind of like a crossover of our most two chaotic weeks. Yeah. I have my first full two weeks of camp. And Holly has her first few weeks of, of the first the term. Like the term. And right. winter
0: term is the worst, objectively. <laughs> And also all of our like internal servers stopped working yesterday morning. So it was just like the, one of the most difficult days of my job that I've ever had. Like, okay, I've been an academic advisor for six years and I am very, very confident that I'm good at my job. And then on a day like that, where like nothing is working the way it should and we Mm -hmm. can't really help students in the way we normally can. And even our conversations are a little bit different because they're way more stressed out, and we're way more stressed out. It's just like, fuck. Like, it's just like the most intense imposter syndrome ever. Like, have I been faking this the whole last the six, whole six years? years? Like, what <laughs> is happening? So, anyway, yeah. it was exhausting and stressful. I did go to sleep at eight last night. <laughs> very good. I'm very proud of you for going to sleep at eight. <sighs> Thank you. But we still just couldn't really get it together enough to do an episode this week. So, we're not. No. And that's okay. That's okay. We're we're comfortable with this. Hopefully, you are too. We really don't want anyone to be mad at us. I mean, yeah, I don't think anyone will be. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I like this is one of my favorite Patreon episodes that we've done. Oh, because good. First of all, the the title "Tidal for Freedomites" is just amazing. And I love
0: that title. You, I think that the I re-listened to the first like five minutes to make sure that it was something that I thought would be good to release, and I was like, oh yeah. I fucking love these people. This is the I best know. cult ever. They're
1: amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. So, and one of the
0: things that we were doing on Patreon <laughs> was doing a couple of like cult episodes where we just talk about fun cults or not fun yeah. cults, but or like interesting cults that really are am- amusing. Yeah, exactly. And so, this was one that I shared with Esther. And, and
1: Holly probably wanted to join at yeah. some point in time. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: accidentally keep choosing cults for the Patreon episodes that I'd want to join. It's like a little bit problematic. I don't know what that says about me. Actually, I know exactly I know. what it says about me. I love community. <laughs> you love community, you love fun, and you love nudity. That's yeah, what it says and I love Haleed. nudity. I keep choosing ones that are also nude. Yes, you do. <laughs>
1: So we thought about just on a week that we kind of needed a break to just kind of release one of our fun Patreon episodes. It's sort of like a teaser of what we offer on Patreon. Like exactly. Like just something a little different. And it's something that we enjoy and thought was fun.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And also that way you still can listen to us in your ear holes and we can crawl back into bed and pretend that everything isn't so chaotic and stressful. Exactly. <laughs> in, exactly. in our day jobs. <laughs> But in the meantime, we do have some Patreon supporters to thank this week, and also Esther is going to draw for our Patreon monthly reading. And yeah, oh my gosh, did I even tell you? One of our listeners is sending us a box of decks that she's no longer using. Oh my! It's goodness. gonna get here on Friday, so thank you for that, Ooh. Lori. I'm excited to go through those. I know. I, it's I love. It's like kind of like going through someone else's closet. I stuff. know. Seriously. I love that sort of stuff. <laughs> I know how it's so bad. People. How excited I am about that! I know. But, I know. <laughs> uh, so Yay. that'll be really awesome. I'm excited to look through those. And then also yesterday I got Danielle Noel's new Oracle deck. Uh, oh yes, because yes, yes. I pre-ordered it and forgot about it. And girl, <laughs> usual. It, I know is I it, need to stop doing that because I pre-ordered it and I checked in March of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a Kickstarter. I like, know <laughs> exactly. So I I look through it and it is. So up my alley it's oh really amazing I can't okay. wait to share it with people uh, I think that I'll probably just send you a little video of me flipping through it because I was like oh this is like really helpful for my journey <laughs> oh that's good okay okay yeah. good okay good yeah I can't wait but anyway so our patreon shout outs I'm gonna start with Alice I guess okay. and I'm pulling a card from the light Seers mass market this beautiful baby And your card, dear Alice, is the sun.
1: And I have the privilege of pulling for Emmett. And your card is the ten of
0: pentacles. Oh, my gosh. See, maybe this is also confirmation for us that allowing ourselves to take a tiny bit of a break, even though it's making my whole neck cramp up, uh, (laughs) is still good. We gave Holly neck cramp this week. That's great. It's okay. (laughs)
1: Okay? Okay and i'm going to pull a name of the patreon member that will get the reading for this month and it is kts so kts i will be i will be messaging you on patreon sometime within the next 24 hours So keep an eye out for that if your name is Katie and your last name begins with an (laughs) M.
0: Exactly. Because Katie's not a common name at all. (laughs) No. not. I think we have like five, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Not including my sister who refuses to support me on Patreon, that jerk. Of course. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I love her anyway. (laughs) Just buy Holly coffee. That's all I ask. Exactly. But one thing I think that we should also note about Patreon because we learned this this week is Patreon's allowing people to enter their own like amount per month. So to be a little bit more flexible, but so when we say people at the five and $15 uh, level get entered to win this and, you know, get all of our bonus content and all that stuff, make sure that you're selecting the tier at that level rather than just entering your own number. Yes. um, Because that seems to be causing some problems. I think that Patreon may need to figure out a way to deal with that. Yeah. But Anyway, so if you are choosing to support us, make sure, which we appreciate and love, make sure that you're actually selecting one of the tiers. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Well,
1: now we're going to introduce our Patreon episode called "Tits Out for Freedomites.
0: Tits Out for Freedomites. And Esther, I love yes. you. Thank you for confirming you. that this was an idea that could happen.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I will support anything that we need to do for mental health. Yes, during exactly.
0: Chaos. During yes. chaos, we powered through an awful lot. Yes. And my little Capricorn moon and rising is struggling with the idea of not putting out unique material, but it's going to be fine.
1: Yeah, my Cancer moon and rising are just like soothing. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, okay. Don't me. worry about it. Rain right all over me. my
0: earth. I'm just struggling. <laughs> right no, it's okay. Earth. Yeah, that sounds fine. weird. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. We love you. We love enjoy you all. our... Bonkers, bonkers (laughs) Patreon content.
1: I'm a little bit leery because just surprises in general are <laughs> okay. not exactly my favorite thing. That's but. fair.
0: But I don't even know if you've ever heard about this cult. Okay.
1: Well, They're called is
0: the... the Freedomites. The what? The Freedomites. Freedomites. That sounds like Mennonites. It's nothing like, like Mennonites. Son- <laughs> Let me tell you the first three things that every single article says about them, and then you can rate it. Okay. Uh, Honest- like... On a one to five scale of how likely you think that I would to be in this cult. Okay.
1: I feel like it's automatically going to be a five, but I'm going to like hold off on that judgment. Just, just
0: wait, just wait, just wait. Okay. So the top three things that people say about this cult are communal living. Okay. Arson. Like, like actual like setting fire. Yep. Okay. And nudes. (laughs) I feel like,
1: arson- I'm going to call it arsonry. I feel like arsonry and nudity should not
0: mix. Well, I, it is very <laughs> risky. <laughs> very but risky. I would totally join this cult. I feel like you living join nudity nudity fire like, at a level seven. Like, that's where we're at. <laughs> this is a cult that was designed for me. Like, specifically. basically,
1: fire and arson is like, one step b- above candles. Exactly. So,
0: I love candles. Yeah. That's the next step. Lighting shit on fire. <laughs> yeah.
1: Lighting fires that are really big is just one like candle work. One time
0: candlework. my parents have like a big fire pit in their backyard that's made out of an old like oil drum that somebody cut in half. And one time they were having a big party at their house and I was sitting outside with Nathan and like a couple of other people. And I lit an entire, not at the same time, but over the course of sitting out there for several hours... I went through an entire big, giant box of Strike Anywhere matches. Because I just kept lighting them on fire and throwing them into the fire pit over like, and over and no, over like, again. Like there was no, like, fire in the fire pit. No, there was a fire in the fire pit. I just like fire. <laughs> huh.
1: Queen Tina, I'm sorry. I know. But at least the we know what to give like you for life? your birthday now.
0: Boxes of <laughs> boxes matches. Boxes <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want. Anyway. Okay. okay so, tell back me about this cult. cult. <laughs> okay. So. The Freedomites were a 20th century religious movement that splintered off from this like Russian group. Uh that was oh, what are they called? The Duke of Bors. Um <laughs> The Duke of and the Freedomites.
1: <laughs> yeah. The Duke of Bors This already sounds too Mormon for me. <laughs>
0: yeah. So the Duke of Bors were like started in the 1700s in Russia, and basically they were like anti-establishment. They lived in communes. Um, their philosophy was like in order to um, they, like, kind of askewed the idea of original sin, and their goal was to live as similarly to Jesus as possible. Okay. Um, so they, like, didn't believe in the Orthodox Church. Okay. Uh, so therefore the Czars hated them. Um, they lived communally. They didn't have any owned property. They, uh were vegetarians. They were pacifists. They were like really all of these things to kind of like, that were like very against Russian culture at the time. Okay, And so for the majority of the 19th century, Russia was trying to force them to assimilate. And so they like really cracked down on them. They arrested a lot of them, all of this stuff. And then by the end of the uh, 19th century, there had been like 50 years of just like a lot of chaos between the Russian government and the Dukhobors. And so like Tolstoy wrote a whole article about how it was a problem. It was like this whole big thing. And so Russia agreed to let them leave because that was always kind of like a conflict with Russia is that they had closed borders for most of their history. So people weren't allowed to just like leave if they wanted to. Um, But I think partially because obviously there was a lot of political people in Russia at this time, like the czars it wasn't like in the like the 19 teens when the Russian Revolution happened that that was out of the blue. Like there had okay, been all right, of this right. buildup of people being really anti-establishment up to that point. So in like the late 1880s, Russia agreed to let the Boers leave Russia if they never came back. Okay. They paid for their own trips and also they, the like leaders who were in prison stayed in prison basically. So a third of the Dukobors immigrated to Canada. And once they were in Canada, they were having some similar issues because Canada wanted them to swear allegiance to the crown and they were like, no, we don't do that. And throughout that process, the Dukobors split into three factions and the Freedomites are like the most radical of those factions. Okay. So that was like. Not a ton of people. Like they maxed out in like 1916 with like 17,000 members. Okay, which is okay. still pretty still pretty decent. Big. But yeah, it wasn't yeah. like
1: a commune of like 12 people.
0: Exactly. So, okay, like it was a pretty big group, which is why it's so wild that I'd never heard of them until I was like looking for fun cults to talk about. <laughs> yeah, like the other day, and I was like, oh shoot, this is exactly what I want to talk about. Okay, anyway, I have to go back to my notes now. So blah okay. blah 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 blah. Okay, so Tolstoy and some other really famous Russians helped them raise money because they, all of these writers and like, kind of like that era who understood the need for pacifism were like really supportive of the Duke of wars because they were like, yeah, they have the right idea. Like we shouldn't be constantly entering wars. And Russia is like a very warlike country. Like mm-hmm. they're kind of always involving themselves in wars, especially during that time period. Um, so a lot of people were supportive of that group. Um, but anyway, so the most radical were the sons of freedom, AKA the freedomites. They became famous for various public protests Mostly about burning their own shit. So they would, like, light their own stuff on fire, including, like, stacks of money as, like, testaments to, like, anti-materialism, almost. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. So that obviously became a problem when they're living in Canada and, like, all their Canadian neighbors are like, dude, what the fuck? Like, what's going on here? (laughs) So they, like, were just kind of living in these communes, the Freedomites, which was only about 10%. So that was probably, like like, you know, around a thousand Frenights, yeah. probably fewer. Um, and they were full blown nudists. Like all of these fiery arsonist things they were doing in the nude. And there's actually pictures. I'm oh going to gosh. Send you the link so you can post some of them okay. on Patreon because there's like an image of a like a woman, like a early twentieth century woman fully nude from behind, just watching a house burn. It's like, who are these people? It's just so great. Also, can you imagine insisting on being a nudist in Canada? Oh my gosh. It is so cold.
1: I know. In the the wind. Oh no, no. It was
0: bananas. But anyway, so they were noted for their arson. Um, They targeted their belongings as well as the belongings of their like surrounding neighbors. Um, And the attacks occurred throughout the entire 20th century, like in the 50s. A freedomite died in an explosion that they had planted. Like I, in I the
1: nineteen fifties. Like okay, so they're burning their own possessions, which is like a testament to like capitalism and anti like materialistic stuff. But what <laughs> kind of like how does that translate to you making a difference in the government to change? I their have lives? no
0: there's like really no Cause, connection cause like, with that. I
1: can kind of understand like bombing certain buildings to kind of get your message across, but like when your own message is for your own
0: stuff, that doesn't do much. I mean, it's less harmful for for people to be like, oh, maybe these people are so wise or something. I think it's like attention grabbing, but it doesn't. It's like that part is the bombing and arson stuff that happened before the 1950s um, is like, I think just for attention. But then after 1953, something actually Something actually happens in 1953, which I'll get to in a second. Okay, and then all of the bombings and stuff were a reaction to that. Okay, so it's kind of like say they're learning from the IRA and actually like, doing but way this stuff. before because <laughs> yeah. this was the like 40s and 50s. Yeah, um, so maybe the IRA learned from them, but. Anyway, so, um, okay, one of their other things was that their kids didn't attend public schools. They, like, were privately schooled because, obviously, the parents wanted to focus on pacifism and, Mm -hmm. like, not being nationalistic. And in the 40s, everyone was sort of forced into really nationalistic mindsets because of the World War. And so even in the 20s, like post-World War One, they didn't want their kids to be indoctrinated into, like, nationalism and, like, military forces and stuff like that. So they insisted on homeschooling. Um, and so... Uh, but as the country and, like, I guess local governments in British Columbia started really trying to force them to send their kids to school. That's when a lot of stuff sort of amped up. So then they started attacking government buildings um, and transportation and communications. Like, again, mostly for attention, but also just to be like, you can't tell us what to do. We're going to be naked and on fire over here.
1: (laughs) Okay, question. Did they, when they blew up these buildings in public, They were naked.
0: They were naked? Yeah. They were naked. That's why I love it so much because that was like, to me, I feel like that's a huge component is that they were so public about it. They'd blow stuff up and all of them would be naked right there. It's not like they were trying to blend in. They
1: weren't trying to hide. They're like, hey, here we are. Here's our actual penises.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, speaking like in the episode that we recorded earlier today, we were talking about bushes. It's like there's images of all of these like early 20th or like early 20th century people standing naked front facing the camera and it's just like wow humans really treated their bodies a little bit differently then I know I mean they're also like because they're anti-materialist they're all like really really skinny yeah and they have little pot bellies yeah. and then just like giant bushes yeah <laughs> At least they're consistent, but still, yeah. Like- they just look like old Russian peasants, but they're fully nude, fully and weird. they have like big giant beards. <laughs> but then just I'm gonna it. do like a content warning on for this. Yeah, episode, this one definitely nudity. should have a content warning. <laughs> um, okay, so one of their most notable attacks was a bombing out of a railway bridge in 1961. Um, but so anyway, all of this was done nude, and they used the doctrinal justification that God didn't create clothes god created human skin and so therefore human skin is more holy than clothes does that make sense i <laughs> but mean you god, can see where they but g- god
1: gave adam and eve clothes after the garden of eden so after, uh, yeah after, after, after but the, they the did. Kind of they rejected, apart like in
0: chapter four they, they rejected the original sin <laughs> okay. completely
1: oh that's true oh <laughs> uh, that's sure okay so who knows i mean it's fine um, if you want to be a nudist just don't just practice safety. They could
0: have just really liked it because some of the sources were like, it's assumed that the nudity was a protest to materialism. They never said <laughs> that it was. Assumed. So it's they never could been have like really in the press release naked. that there was any sort of like
1: yeah, exact <laughs> theological tie into nudity.
0: Yeah. They never said, Oh, this is because we don't like materialism. Technically, they Jesus were wore just clothes, like, people. That's he true. heaven naked. Sometimes I think that my outfit choices are in an effort to see more Jesus like. All of my shapeless <laughs> linen dresses. Sandals, come on!
1: It works. (laughs) You're just more holy.
0: All right, so 1953 is when it gets a little bit less fun and like burning shit down while nakedy, because (laughs) British Columbia passed a law that required compulsory education for children. Um, so the Freedomites did what Freedomites do, and they protested nude in front of the local school that their kids were supposed to be attending. Oh, um, in that demonstration, yeah, in that demonstration, 148 adults were arrested. And 104 children were taken from their parents and sent to a residential school in New Denver, British Columbia, which was actually the same place where they had interred Japanese Canadians yes. during World War II.
1: And I think possibly also, I think that was this, a similar place of what they did with Indigenous children yeah. as well. So it's
0: kind of, it's very similar. I think that yeah. was the same law that did a lot that of a the lot ripping of indigenous, children indigenous children That lot of damage to Indigenous their, people, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of the same things... That happened in schools for Indigenous children were happening at the school for the Freedomites, um, like, physical abuse-wise. Right, right. And also just, like, restriction to access to parents. So um, the adults were taken to this prison farm that was meant to hold, like... 200 people and held a thousand people and Mm. so that was like really problematic
1: um
0: and over the subsequent years more children were forcibly taken from their freedomite families usually under the cover of darkness which is like an added element of psychological abuse that the Canadian government would put on them because they're just like trying to be naked and care about Jesus and then suddenly it's midnight and they're being ripped from their homes yeah um and so that is kind of wild i think that um, was in the somebody knows
1: something season two that happens to the same family the indigenous family that was there the children oh i out haven't home listened to of season night. two of yeah that. i think it's somebody knows something season two i think or season three yeah but it's similar thing where like, with uh, it was the middle of the night where they ripped the yeah. indigenous yeah. children and that's gonna, of family. That's,
0: if that is not already happening with children of undocumented people in the united states oh i think it is soon. yeah yeah it yeah, will yeah. be soon if it isn't already it's so yeah. fucked up um, anyway, so this cult got really dark really fast. Uh, yeah. But it's important to talk about this stuff, too, because even though the beginning part of cults always seems fun.
1: <laughs> it, yeah. Uh, beginning is always fun. The later part is kind of like
0: yeah, like
1: predictive in weird ways of like, yeah. future things.
0: So there was a lot of overcrowding at the school and there were a lot of allegations of abuse, including physical abuse from the staff and also from each other because they were all they didn't have a support system. So older kids would beat up younger kids. Mm -hmm. But the worst part was losing privileges of seeing their family members. So the prison camp was pretty close to the school. And so a lot of the parents that hadn't been arrested in that earlier protest, like moved to the town. Okay. Um, and then they could be close to their friends and partners or whatever who were in jail and also their children who were at the school. And they were really, really, really notorious about restricting the ability for children to see their parents Mm -hmm. for like minor infractions. So like one of the anecdotes, there's like this big, um, not comptroller. What is it called when somebody it's, Oh, ombudsman, like the ombudsman for, British Columbia in the eighties um, wrote this whole report about the abuses that were happening. And so there's a lot of anecdotes in that. So we'll definitely link to that too. Cause it's really mm-hmm. interesting to read, but there was one anecdote about a mom showing up and waiting for hours to see her son and no one would tell her what happened. And then this matron who is kind of known for being a bitch, like it's over and over and over again. in the report how <laughs> awful she was. was yeah. like, well, if your son had done his schoolwork, like we'd asked, then you would be able to see him. But since he didn't, you can't. So just kind of like, those sorts of weird so things. So manipulative also, and
1: controlling, yeah.
0: Yeah, but also the, like, master of the school or whatever um, restricted all the children from seeing their parents uh, to one hour <gasps> of every three months, like one specific hour, like a Saturday from 11 to noon. Every three months to see their children. So that was years and years where these children weren't seeing
1: their parents their family, Yeah, at
0: all. What a piece of shit. Which is bananas. So the BC ombudsman takes note of that. And the also interesting thing that I thought was really cool, because this was the 80s, and so you'd think, like, like, I I was just kind of surprised by this. But he takes a long time, the ombudsman does, at the very beginning of the report to be like, you know, we know that there are reports from other residential schools where there's a lot of sexual abuse and a lot more physical abuse, but that doesn't mean that the psychological and physical abuse that happened here should be downplayed. Yeah. Like, just because there aren't reports of sexual abuse does not mean that we should think that this residential school was like totally fine. and Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which like yeah, it surprised me that the '80s that they that he'd be or the, yeah, the person that he would, be would be so, so like, like
0: clear about that. Yeah. Like yeah. still take the psychological component seriously. So yeah. the weird thing is that in the 70s, so this all happened in the early 50s. In the 70s, Canada started being super fucking proud of its multiculturalism. <laughs> and so okay. yeah. Okay. So like Canada. 70, 20 years later, like, oh, actually Canada's amazing, amazing. and we need to be <laughs> so braggy about how equal everyone Multicultural is. Are. Yeah. So they put together all of these like uh committees to basically like like find common ground for these organizations. And so the Freedomites were included with the Duke of who were the more mainstream version. Right. Um, for these committees. And that's when all of the sort of research about the school in New Denver happened and all of mm-hmm. this stuff. Um and so then that's kind of like when they sort of the Freedomites sort of reintegrated back into the Duke of society because suddenly like they had ha- basically been beaten down from right. the decades of their children being taken. And so they just sort of like re entered the more mainstream, like Russian immigrant population. Uh-huh. Now, the um, question during the
1: time where like there was family division and stuff like that, they didn't protest like openly nudistly. No, they, right? did.
0: They, oh, they did. They were. They okay, were. Okay. Yeah. So while the kids were in these residential schools and people were in prison, they were continuing to like. Have the protest? Okay. Yeah. Okay. They may have been nude last. I didn't see any pictures of the nudity, but the the years after the kids were taken away were the years where people were dying in explosions, like okay. accidentally okay. dying. Okay. Like in so, explosions. actually,
1: like forcibly killing kind of people.
0: Well, no, they self- killed themselves. Oh, accidentally kill themselves oh, okay. while they were trying to blow up buildings. Like that was the thing is that they were never going after people. They people, were going about like symbols. Okay. Yeah, and so the two people that died died. Accidentally, because okay, so it was were, like, so it was better. never
1: like it was just kind of like public buildings, but they never killed yeah. any individuals, like no, outside the of goal the goal
0: wasn't okay. to no, the goal wasn't to kill other people. I didn't was, know if we had like was, another like Om case where they were like, No, 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 fuck this. trying to no, <laughs> no, definitely, <laughs> okay, okay. especially not at that level. They're no. not like, trying to <laughs> yeah. restart the world, okay. but they did do 20 million dollars worth of damage to structures and bridges and stuff in that time period. Well, good
1: for them because their kids I are know, gone. I'm not so
0: of fuck you, go for it. I know. Like, Wave your tits all, tits out for freedom, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Tits out for freedom. That's going to be the name of this podcast episode, tits out for freedom. (laughs) So anyway, it was, it's just like really weird because the whole entire cult was like really meant initially to be like just communal living, like freedom loving, sort of like, you know, nudity is part of godliness. Blah 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, when people started trying to not let them do that, that's when like stuff got a little bit rocky. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's I, mean, I my feel like
0: like, like I kind of get it.
1: Yeah, the foundations of nudity is next to godliness, like in Christian circles that is not the case and there are women who are traumatized within their marriages yeah. because they feel like that they can't be nude in front of their husband so i feel like that is a good tenant well, i don't
0: know if they could be well i don't know if the women could be nude all the time but they definitely could in the protests because I've i mean seen pictures of that i <laughs> mean
1: nudity is next to godliness is basically like a tenant i am now adapting into my profile <laughs> in my instagram i am now changing it to nudity is, nudity next, is to next to godliness <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, the Freedomites basically just got reabsorbed back into the Dukabore group, and there's still a couple thousand self-identified Dukabores in Canada today. So, oh, so it's that... like,
1: so it definitely is like a like an, a real integration back into the Dukabores, and not yeah. like a fake one. Okay,
0: yeah, I mean there may still be some, but I couldn't find anything about them. Okay, the Dukabores are definitely also trying to distance themselves from the Freedomites. Uh-huh. There's a lot. There was like a documentary that was like you know, sort of like, we're not the same. They're the extremists. We're just trying to live our lives clothed. But they technically weren't extremists until the Canadian
1: government pushed them to be extremists.
0: Exactly. This is really Canada's fault.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I feel like finally we can blame Canada for something in the world. And this is it. You
0: exactly. destroyed the
1: freedomites. And this is so all So I'm wondering
0: if I start a nudist, pacifist community, at what point I would also turn into an extremist. I feel like... Pretty quickly, <laughs> <laughs> I was driving to work the other day, and I, I took an uh, like route that I don't normally take, and I drove past a nudist colony that I did not know was <gasps> there.
1: That's amazing.
0: It's called a family nudist resort, and I'm like, family, family?
1: Keep the- Nobody wants to be kind family of. I don't want to be nudist in- from my family. Yeah, so me?
0: weird. Yeah, <laughs> but well, anyway, I
1: think this is a cult that I would po- probably join more than the. The other family that we talked about in our last episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I the feel like I would family. join them. Yeah. No, the Source family are pretty great too, though. No, see,
1: that waking up at like four in the morning go jump in the pool. Oh, I forgot like about really that component. That's a big point that I am not into.
0: Well, considering I was just thinking I better get off this call so I can go shower in my backyard yeah. <laughs> under the hose. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you better go shower before you set the on
0: fire. Maybe I am also like source family slash freedom eighting by just being naked in my own backyard. Yeah.
1: I mean, I feel like you could you that both can coexist together, both beliefs. <laughs> they're they're both they both enjoy nudity, they both enjoy like communal living. Just one's fire and one's water. That's all you gotta deal with.
0: Oh my god, how beautiful. Thank you. You're such a poet. Yeah, it's the wine, I promise. <laughs> it's the wine. <laughs> all right, girl. Well, that's my cult for this week. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. And I, I love you else. so much. And I love you and I hope everyone else loves this episode as well because we like talking about cults so yeah. strangely. And if you have a cult that you think you'd join that you'd like us to talk about, send it our way.
1: Yeah. Because believe me, we can <laughs> talk about it forever. We would love to. When Holly's not trying to get <laughs> into the shower before the, the carpenters get there. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Good episode, people. We Love you. <laughs> love you. <laughs>